Of course, my first solo episode comes in defeat. Is it danger time for the Chicago Cubs? We talk about it next. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Sam Olber. Matt was at the Cubs game tonight, and we'll be back for Friday's episode. Please support the show and be a part of the Locked On Cubs community by following on your preferred audio platform, and you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. Matt and I are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you. What a brutal defeat on all things Cubs. This episode is presented by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Oh boy. Well, a couple things before we get into the game. Matt's not here, as you can see. He's out enjoying the night. I, 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 he went to the game. I don't know who he went with. I can't keep track anymore, but he went to the game. God bless him for that. He will be back on Friday for that show. I also am battling some allergies. So if I sneeze or sniffle, I apologize. And speaking of sneeze or sniffle, Cubs were sick today, Wednesday night. They got beat for the second straight night handily by the Philadelphia Phillies. Third straight loss overall. The game, it was a weird game because it felt like it was going to be another blowout early. I believe the Phillies had a five-run second inning off True Smiley, who was due for a regression start. He had just been walking a tightrope lately. And the Philadelphia Phillies are on fire right now. They are as hot as any team. They are locked in, and if you can't miss their bats, you're going to have a hard time getting them out. And Drew Smiley didn't miss enough bats today. I, I, I thought he actually, last start against the Pirates, I thought he got extremely lucky and pitched really bad, five shutout innings. I thought today he got a little unlucky. The, the two balls that went out, the two-run homer by Sosa and the three-run homer by Castellanos, those aren't home runs in regular ballparks. Those aren't home runs on regular nights at Wrigley. They weren't even hit 100 miles per hour. Um, it was just one of those nights. It was just a, a frustrating night because even though the Cubs were down as many as 8-2, to two, they had it at 8-3 in the middle innings, bases loaded, nobody out, half at the dish, then Swanson, then Bellinger only generated a run. Jared Young, in his 2023 debut for the Cubs, the 2018 Minor League Player of the Year for the Cubs, hit about a 430-foot home run his first at bat. And then his second at bat with two men on, hit 104-mile-an-hour rock. I sound like Boog just doing the exit velocities. I hate that. But he hit a rocket, and it turned into a double play. And then in the ninth inning, and if Matt was here, I'd probably walk off for this. After getting the first two guys on, Trey... Mancini got a chance to hit. When you needed one more base runner for the tying run, you're just looking for an, a guy to get on base. You go with Mancini? Oh, boy. Ross has got to move on from that. And uh, to no surprise, he struck out, and the Cubs uh, didn't score the rest 
of the game is eight, four finals. So, oh no, I think it was actually an eight, five final, whatever they lost eight, five was the final. Look, positives to take away Swanson, Homer, young Homer offense looked much better on Wednesday than they did on Tuesday bodes well for Thursday. But here's the big picture. If you know the show, you know that I always go big picture. I had a bad feeling about this series. There's two ways to look at this. There's the rational way, which is in a vacuum, Jamison Tyone, not going to throw well against the Phillies. So it's not surprising that they lost that game. Drew Smiley, trending in a bad direction. Probably not going to throw well against the Phillies. No surprise they lost that game. And to be honest with you, Kyle Hendricks, another soft tosser. We've talked about it. At nauseum on the show, the Cubs struggle missing bats. And to get the Phillies out, you got to miss bats. Kyle Schwarber's a 180 hitter. But when he doesn't have to worry about striking out, he's a much better hitter than that. So tomorrow night's matchup on Thursday night, that, that matchup isn't great either. But it's not the end of the world. However, however, in the last three years under David Ross, the Cubs have taken little scabs and turned them into these big hemorrhages, meaning it starts to get bad and they make it worse. 10-game losing streaks, 11-game losing streaks. Heck, they had it in May. The, May. the May Chicago Cubs, excuse me again, I've got some allergy. The May, the May Chicago Cubs is a great example of it. They could have just left it at getting swept by the Marlins and salvaged an extra game in Washington and been fine. They always take these small these small losing streaks, and it starts to get really bad really quick. So this is an opportunity for the Chicago Cubs. This is an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? We've hit a little bit of adversity. We're four and a half games out right now. Just literally 48 hours ago, you were two and a half games out. How are you going to respond, right? To win a division title, to be in a race long-term, you have to find a way to play through adversity. You can't just be front runners and play great when you're, you know, when you're winning. It's easy. Hey, every team that's decent has a really good stretch like the Cubs just had. The separation is, can you find a way to limit this three-game losing streak and then get on another good streak? You got Hendricks going on Thursday. We'll see how that goes. If you can find a way to steal it, if you can find a way to steal it, you got Steel Friday, Stroh Saturday, and then right back on Sunday with a pitching matchup that I'd like to suggest uh, later on in the show, some tweaks you can make with it. So that's my challenge for the Cubs. The Cincinnati Reds are a great example. On Wednesday night, they were up 7-4 to four in the eighth inning. They blew that lead. It was 7-7. They didn't crumble. They didn't fold. They found a way to come back and win the game. Right, you got to be able to come back from adversity. Right, you got to be able to take really bad stretches, limit them. Right, it's a three-game losing streak. It happens. You had a game you should have won on Sunday. The first first baseman messed it up. You got to bounce back. Now you've run into a really hot team. You're four and a half games out. Look, if you could find a way to be less than four games out by the All Star break. That would be a huge win. Three and a half out by the All-Star break, and then you open the second half with Boston and Washington at home. I feel really good about that. You got to just limit the damage. It's like a pitcher. It's like a pitcher in the fourth inning. You're down 
You're down three to one. Base is loaded, two outs. Get that next guy. Keep the team in the ball game and see what happens later on. That's what the Cubs need to do right now. You got, and it, and it starts Thursday night. If you find a way to salvage that game, you can't get swept at home again. I know this feels a lot like the Red Series. It kind of feels inevitable. Buck the trend and find a way to win a game on Thursday night to get your momentum back, right? Because then you play right away on Friday, Steele versus, I think, Cal Quantrill. You'll be favored to win that game pretty substantially. And then you go into July 4th weekend feeling really good, two and two homestand. Let's see what happens, right? Then you go Milwaukee, then you go New York, and then you go to the break. This is the stretch. I can't, th this is the stretch. Just survive this stretch. Get out of this stretch three and a half games out and see what happens. I saw some good things offensively today. I didn't think Smiley was going to throw well. Neither did Vegas. I didn't think Tyone was going to throw well. Neither did Vegas. So we'll see what happens with Hendricks. That's going to be kind of iffy. We'll see what happens. If he could find a way to grind a win, we'll be in better shape. So, you know, frustrating though. There's no question about it. Coming up next, I'm going to talk about some pitching tweaks I'd like to see from the Chicago Cubs and uh, some potential trades. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Cubs play the Phillies at 7.05 p.m. Central Thursday, and you can listen to every pitch with the Cubs' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. On the SXM app, search Cubs or tune into channel 844 and catch the Cubs all season long on SiriusXM. All right, so... Hayden Wisniewski came out and he threw very well on Wednesday night. That wasn't a coincidence. The reason why Hayden Wisniewski threw very well on Wednesday night is because Drew Smiley is a left-handed pitcher. And Drew Smiley means a lot of righties, even though, ironically, Drew Smiley is actually tougher on uh, on right on righties than he is lefties. Teams are still going to stack the lineup with righties against Drew Smiley, which means Hayden Wisniewski got to come into a soft landing and face a bunch of righties in a row. If you remember, this happened against the Rays when Justin Steele hurt his arm and Hayden Wisniewski flourished and pitched really well again against righties. The point I'm trying to make is I think if you're going to use Hayden Wisniewski the right way, he should pitch multiple innings every time Drew Smiley pitches because Drew Smiley lately has been struggling enough to where I think it's time for him to have a little bit of a shorter leash. I think we're looking at four, five-inning starts, very, you know, very cautious with, with how he's pitching. And then you could go to Wisniewski, face a bunch of righties, and he could take you to the seventh and possibly the eighth. It's kind of like what we had planned with Keegan Thompson before the season started. So 
I think that's something to explore. I understand that long term, that's not going to help Hayden Wisniewski develop as a pitcher. But if he's up here, he's trying to help the big league team win. And I think he could really help the big league team win if he could just get as many righties as possible. The Cubs have a a real problem with their their matchups with pitchers. They have a lot of pitchers that just get out one side of the plate, and it makes it very hard on Ross, Mark Leiter Jr., Anthony Kay. It used to be Alzali, but now Alzali's been much better. Um, but you have to utilize those guys because you know they get righties out. And Jamison Tyone, transitioning to him, is another guy right now. Against left-handers, everybody is basically Barry Bonds against him. So if if I'm Ross on Sunday, if I'm Ross on Sunday, that's Jamison Tyone's next uh, scheduled start. And, and I, I didn't. I, I got to take credit for this idea. I didn't do it. Brad on Twitter came up with this idea, and I thought it was brilliant. Why not start? Why not start an opener like Anthony Kay? Because if you do that, that's going to cause your opponent, in this case, the Guardians to stack their lineup up with righties because they're going to say, oh, well, we're, we're facing a lefty. And obviously they know it, it won't be totally stacked. They know Tyone will be coming. It's not like it's like this magic trick, but it'll get some lefties out of the lineup for Tyone, who even said himself after Tuesday night's game that, hey, they're just stacking up lefties and I'm going to keep having to face them until I figure it out. Well, no, you won't. Because if you if you throw a lefty opener in there, that's going to make your life a lot easier. You're going to face like two, three, maybe even four more righties, and he could have success like that. I just think the Cubs right now, it feels like they're all hands on deck to try and win as many games as possible. And I think that's a nice way to ease those guys back in, especially Tyone, who's struggling really by his standards at a historic level. Could be a nice way to get him a soft landing uh, in a game on Sunday. So I just think the Cubs should explore doing that. The last thing I want to say before I, I wrap it up and Matt takes over his reins for Friday's episode is the Mets had a press conference today. Steve Cohen had a press conference today, and it was basically talking about how, hey, if this doesn't turn around really quickly, we might be sellers. That was like the insinuation that he made. And then I saw a lot of tweets about the Cubs. Should the Cubs trade for Pete Alonzo? Would you do PCA for Pete Alonzo? Would you do Cade Horton for Pete Alonzo? And typically, typically, I don't get involved with these type of hypotheticals because if I if I if I came out here and talked about every hypothetical or everything every any fan said to me, I, I mean, we'd be talking for hours. But I see where this is going. And it's going to be, why didn't the Cubs do enough at the deadline to compete? And I want to explain something to you. You don't mortgage your future unless you are one trade away from being a serious championship contender. And I'm going to use an NBA example for you. Last year, right at this time, last summer, the Minnesota Timberwolves, traded like six first-round picks, which in the NBA, they're assets. So first-round picks in the NBA are very similar to good minor leaguers in baseball. They're just assets. You just look at them as an asset. They're trade value. 
They traded like five or six first-round picks and a, and a couple other young players for Rudy Gobert. That trade will go down as one of the worst trades in history. Do you want to know why? It's not just because Rudy Gobert, you know, isn't a superstar. It's not just because the Timberwolves, you know, uh, uh, traded a bunch of good players or or picks. It's because it didn't make them a contender. You gave up all that stuff and you still weren't a contender. If the Cubs were to trade PCA and or Cade Horton for, let's just say, Pete Alonzo, they are still much more likely to not make the postseason than they are to make the World Series. That's just a fact. You don't mortgage your future unless you feel like you're a trade away, i.e. 2016. Glaber Torres for Aroldis Chapman. The Cubs were one Aroldis Chapman away from being World Series favorites. That's when you make the move. They're not there yet, and they're, they're not supposed to be there yet. Talk to me next year at this time, and maybe they will be there yet. Or, or they'll be there. The, 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 the Cubs are in a position where they're going to, to make their own fate over the next couple of weeks. If they stay between two and four games out, which I said is the goal, then they should add on the margins. They could give up a, a mid-level minor league prospect for a reliever or two. Maybe they could take care of first base on a lesser stance than Pete Alonso or take care of third base. It's kind of hard. The, the only position player openings the Cubs truly have are third base and first base. And Nick Madrigal right now, like I said, is taking this third base job and he's ran with it. So, you know, first base catcher. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is the only thing the Cubs could do with the trade deadline that would make me infuriated would be to give up a blue chip prospect like Cade Horton or PCA just to give yourself a better chance to win a division when you're four or five games under. That's not it. I understand we're fans and we want everything right now, but we all agreed if the Cubs win 80, 81, 82 games and, and compete, next year is the year where maybe we start making those moves. So I just want it's a little bit of a rant. I, I just I know where this is headed and and, and I and I want nothing to do with it. Well, on a lighter note, Cubs got to find a way to win a game on Thursday. There's no question about it. You know me. I have everything memorized, right? Thursday night, got to find a way to beat Philly and Taiwan Walker. He dominated the Cubs the last time they faced him, but so did Aaron Nola, and the Cubs hit Aaron Nola better. Find a way to get some clutch hits. An early lead would be magnifico. Mark Leiter Jr., Adbert Auslai, those guys haven't pitched since Sunday, so you could really throw your best at them late. Hopefully Kyle's good. Then you have that quick turnaround on Friday, steal against the Guardians, Saturday stroll against the Guardians, Sunday start an opener, and then let Tyone go against the Guardians. And then if you can find a way to win at least two, maybe three of these next four, you go into Milwaukee, four-game series with Steele and Strowman closing it out. You know, so you feel pretty good about that. And then you go to Yankee Stadium, which the Cubs literally have never won a game in New Yankee Stadium, but you have no Aaron Judge. This is the stretch, guys. This is the stretch. We knew it was going to be tough. They've lost the first two of this stretch. They've got, what is it, uh, three, six, 10, 11 games here. 11 games here. They got to find a way to win like six of them. Seven would be great, but even six to just 
stay right there. And, and if we're watching the All-Star game in mid-July and they're about three and a half games back, I'll feel really good because then you open up, you, you, your schedule eases up, and, and, and you feel better. It's about limiting the damage. It's about limiting losing streaks and finding ways to win, and, and they got to do it, and they got to do it quickly. So Matt will be back on Friday. Um, it was a pleasure to do a solo show. Go easy on me. My first time. Don't yell at me. I tried my best. Okay. Shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week. And you could become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Locked On Cubs on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. We're also on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts and streaming on SiriusXM. I'm Sam Olber, and this was Locked On Cubs.